from Vistio. This is recorded for Quality Assurance. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Welcome to CXQA Live, where we discuss all of the most important elements and strategies to create a successful CX call center operation. And we'd like you to know that we are recording this time for quality assurance. And of course, full cheese in effect, what we mean is the name of our podcast, which is just the recording of this time, is recorded for quality assurance. So with that said, um, we want to just kind of welcome to the show our featured guest this week, Jeremy Watkin from Number Barn. Glad you're here with us, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's going to be I'm excited fun to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah, I hope everybody's strapped in and ready for technology with Jeremy today. So um, <laughs> when we talk about CXQA Live and we talk about what is in focus here during this time, every Tuesday at noon Eastern, we're really focusing on CX from the perspective of the agent. And we've kind of developed a real basic philosophy that is what we call the agent-centric call center philosophy. And so the idea is this, that agents with the right training tools and connection to your company will be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. Also will be the best diagnostic tool that you can have for your business because of their proximity to the customers themselves. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected to your business and brand. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stay and contribute to the long-term success of your company. And this is the agent-centric call center philosophy. And we didn't invent any of these ideas. We just kind of put them together so that we could all talk about them and figure out how to apply them into the CX operations that we're a part of. So uh, this week, we're going to be zeroing in specifically on the role that technology plays in equipping agents to be safe, successful, and satisfied in their work. So to get us kind of primed for this conversation, I want to talk about technology as a tool. And we think about technology in a lot of ways in our society. We tend to either resist adoption or adopt technology uncritically without thinking about the best ways to utilize it, how to integrate it into uh, whatever part of our lives or work that are already ongoing. And the fact of the matter is that a tool will only be as effective as the deployment and the use of that tool. So I'm going to use a real basic piece of technology here to make a point. So I would define technology as anything that mankind has created to solve a problem or accomplish a purpose. Most broadly, this is technology. This is something that we've created out of the world around us to either solve a problem or accomplish a purpose. The pencil, the lead pencil is technology in that definition, right? However, if I tried to write with the side of it, you know, the yellow part, and I press it really hard into the paper, it's not going to be very effective, is it? Right? If I hold it like this really tight for about 18 hours, it's going to hurt me. I would argue this is not the pencil's fault. Similarly, if I'm trying to write, but I do it with this end here and I'm writing, but I'm not seeing any progress and I'm confused by that. Is that the pencil's fault? No. You need to understand whatever tools and technology that you're using 
how they're best integrated into life or work, understand the negative side effects of using it, using it well, sometimes maybe have some downsides, much less when you use it improperly in the illustrations I just gave with my friend, the yellow pencil over here. So if you think about technology that way, if you think about the way that especially complex technologies that are built upon other technologies that are built upon other technologies. And really, if you want to go all the way to the nerd fest, it really started with the microprocessor and the ability of devices that fit in your pocket now to process massive amounts of data and the way that that is shaped and multiplied the way that technology is utilized within societies. We're sitting here having conversations about a call center, a contact center, and the way that technologies are used. And there's multiple layers of technology involved in that conversation. But what we want to get back to in our view of technology is not what is the latest buzzword that everybody and their brother that has, you know, following a hashtag CX on Twitter or LinkedIn is saying, you got to have it. You got to have it. Um very far from that, we want to ask, how does technology actually impact the way an agent does his or her job? How does technology facilitate their ability to be safe and successful and satisfied in their work? And if the technology that you've put together for a contact center doesn't facilitate and promote that safety, that success and that satisfaction in their work? Is it really the right setup for them? And, and, and we want to be able to ask these questions openly. We want to encourage organizations to ask these questions openly, not to be beholden to the marketing of technology solutions or the buzzword itis that just grips all of us, right? You know, hashtag life, whatever, right? At the end of the day, we want to be asking the right questions about how technology is utilized when it impacts any human, Right. But specifically for our time here today, we want to ask it in the context of CX. So enter Jeremy Watkin. We're really glad you're here, Jeremy. He's the director of customer experience and support for Number Barn um, and one of the high level participants and co founders of CX Accelerator. If you're not there, you should be. And honestly, just one of the most highly respected CX leaders and practitioners around. And he just happens to be a great human, super cool guy. We like you, Jeremy. So we're glad you're here. And I just want to start you off with the big million dollar question. Lay out for us, tell us about your philosophy of technology for CX. So I wrote down a bunch of stuff. Sometimes I get caught in the weeds on things, Rob. And uh, so I wrote down a bunch of stuff and then I had to back up a little bit and think like, if I had to boil my philosophy down into, I boiled it down into two things. One would be, uh, technology for the contact center should uh, boost customer self-service. Uh, and what I mean by that, uh, I live by the core principle that at least at work, not at home typically, but uh, that customers don't want to contact support. Most customers don't want to contact support. They just don't want the issue to happen. And if it does happen, they're going to search our website. They're going to search our help center and try and find the answer themselves. And only then are they going to contact support. And I'll talk about like all the impact that that has. But I, I would say that's number one core to my philosophy is that when I'm evaluating contact center technology, I'm looking for ways to boost self-service, which sounds funny because the contact center is all about having customers contact us. But 
when the contact center owns self-service and is helping to build the self-service and feed self-service and make it better, it fits right in there. And it, it becomes, it becomes a core part of your contact center and part of your team. Uh, so the second thing, you know, inevitably customers are going to have to contact us and hopefully get to contact us because they like contacting us because we treat them well, um, is, uh, Contact center technology is all about helping agents be more and more efficient uh, because we know um, if we aggravate our agents, that's going to have a downstream impact on our customers. Um, we know that that's going to make them, that if we aggravate them, it's going to have an impact on things like turnover. And obviously, if you're constantly turning people over, you're going to have a less well trained workforce and you're going to have, again, Customers that are either, I don't, your metric of choice, they're either less likely to recommend you or they're just dissatisfied or they say it's a lot of effort for them to get support. So I would say it's really those two things. Yeah, that's that's solid stuff. And I think too, obviously there's variables with the type of business that you're in as to what degree self-service is realistic, right? And you know, in some cases, it's not very realistic. In a lot of cases, it's a middle ground, right? Where there are certain things that rather than automatically calling the 1-800 number, uh, you know, you could take care of it yourself in two minutes, just looking through a, you know, uh, a, an FAQ or some other kind of resource that the customer has available. And the technology should provide a clear delineation of, hey, you know, what do I need to contact support for, Right. And then on the other piece that you said, I really, really like, you know, ultimately technology shouldn't make us less human <laughs> in any sense, yeah. right? Uh, technology should be there to facilitate the things that humans really aren't good at, don't enjoy doing, and don't need to do so that they can focus on the connection with other humans and on their own general well-being, right? So multiple... Mm -hmm repeating tasks that really don't require any empathy or any combined human connection with logic, really RPA and machine learning and AI are well-suited to some of those tasks where we get into trouble, I think, with technology in, in call centers is we're trying to make AI do things that really only human intelligence should do. And on the other end of the variable, there are things that humans have been doing forever within a contact center, you know, situation where really there's technology that can do those things at a very high level. However, um, it really makes sense because there's no value in the humans taking that bandwidth out of themselves to do those types of things. So we could unpack that all day. But when you think about the overall role that technology should play in a modern call center, Jeremy, there's, there's a lot of give and take, right? There's a lot of, it depends. There's no one right formula. Uh, mm -hmm. We already mentioned the variables based on just the type of business that you're in. Um, but let's, let's kind of extrapolate your two principles a little bit and think about you know a simple retail call center where you're you're dealing with mostly just returns of merchandise. You're dealing with you know stuff that unless somebody's really upset or confused or baffled, you know the technology might take one role there. 
And then you have very complex things like health insurance marketplace questions and, and, you know, technology related questions where you actually need a help desk agent, somebody to ask diagnostic questions of the customer that's called in, in order to properly understand what's even going on to begin to solve the customer. So if you're the agent, right? Um, you don't want your leaders taking a formulaic response to the question of what technology do we need? You want them asking good diagnostic questions to determine what to, the role of technology should be um, within that call center. Yeah, when I um, when I started my role here at Number Barn, one of the and I, I credit the the owners of the company. One of the top things they wanted me to focus on was like, what tools do our agents need to do their job better? And, you know, I could, I've worked, I worked at a BPO where I got to work with lots of different clients and you see some commonalities there, but there's no substitute for sitting down with the agents, actually learning the job, observing what they're doing, and then collaborating with folks who can like program and things like that, who can tell you like, uh, tell you what's, what's humanly possible and can we find a way to be more efficient in a way that will benefit the customer? Or can we find a way to, to automate something? Um, and it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting shift because uh, as we like try and automate things, make the easy stuff easier and faster. Uh, sometimes it means that, uh, that we have to level up our training on the other stuff. Like it's the more complex stuff that's, that's left over that, um, that we're working to bring our team along so they can be like, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, gaining a, a heavier, more powerful skill set to be able to do more complex stuff. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting shift once you, once you start going down that road. Well, I think it's interesting that you mentioned the dynamic of leadership actually coming alongside the agent and, and observing, not just listening to a call, right? But observing the entire work that is going on, looking at the screen, seeing how the agent is, you know, engaging with the tools and mm -hmm. seeing the logic that's going on inside of the agent's mind to navigate through the call and just literally looking over the shoulder is about the only way you can get there, um, you know, to really understand <laughs> that, you know, there, there seems to be, in my estimation, a pretty common disconnect between the people that are making decisions about CX technology and what to buy and what to implement versus the view from the agent's chair, right? And and so I think, you know, if you want to say we need to take an undercover CEO, undercover boss kind of um, you know, initiative and we we should encourage our C-suite folks to actually get into the trenches and understand from the viewpoint of the agents that are talking to customers, what their day and what a call actually looks like and how it goes. I think that's a, a maybe a, a general way to say, this is something that is good that should happen. But in your mind, what have you seen in the marketplace right now, Jeremy, that is driving the mindset of C-suite and high-level leaders when it comes to technology in a call center? Um, well, I think it, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're, probably thinking a lot about the bottom line. And one thing that looms in my mind, I, this was probably seven or eight years ago. Now I, uh, I tried to sell our, my boss and my boss's boss on a new help desk system. And I was sure that it was going to make 
a huge difference for our team. And I got completely shot down because, you know, I said things like it's going to, it's going to, you know, make a better customer experience. We'll be able to, uh, you know, one of the things at the time that I really wanted was um, to not have to depend on IT for so much stuff. Uh, Cause you know, with cloud-based technology, as contact center, people can get more control over the, the technology. We don't need somebody to, but we might need some minimal integration, but it's getting easier <laughs> thanks to some companies out there. But but I realized like as a manager, I could grow in my skill set um, of being able to communicate in a way that lets the C-suite know and understand the benefit that they're going to see from the technology. Um, so I think about things like my things that the C-suite will care about, like how will it improve CX, but um, maybe it's a, a customer satisfaction goal. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's tangibly less customers plastering us on social media because at the time my boss was all over it and like <laughs> we dropped everything anytime somebody said something on Facebook. But I think one of the biggest things, like when you look at the rest, how this technology will help the rest of the business, not just the contact center, we are talking to customers all day, every day. Like there's so much insight housed in our customer interactions that if we can't figure out how to distill that down and share it with the rest of the company, they'll just see any new contact center technology as an additional cost. They won't see it as a as a benefit that can can really help the organization. Um, just an example recently, uh, you know, in our ticketing system, we I, I tag anytime our agents upsell one of our other products. And it found with some of them, we have good success and others we don't and was able to like go through just those specific tickets and share insight with our marketing team on like, I think we can sell more of this if we, if we make this adjustment. And I think being able to like really demonstrate that we can do that consistently as a contact center, not just say, Hey, here's how many tickets or how many calls we took this month. That doesn't mean anything to anybody. They want to know what are those tickets? What are those calls? Uh, how can we prevent them? How can we make the experience better? If if you can use the tools to do that stuff, I, I think uh, your CEO will be your best friend. <laughs> no, I think you're 100% right. I mean, ultimately, leaders in a business are basically performance graded on the business outcomes that they produce and that their teams produce, right? And so yeah. that's all going to be measured by numbers at the end of the day. And one of the difficult things that our industry faces is that we make decisions by numbers, but most of the stuff that has to do with the humans doesn't have a number or a metric attached to it. So mm -hmm. how do you actually tangibly measure how well an agent is doing as a person within the job? And, and it's not just a couple of performance metrics that actually lead to understanding how their performance will improve or disintegrate further. And so this is a difficult thing. You know, I've heard a rumor that there's a metric being talked about somewhere, something related to agents, something, I don't know, maybe that's a little teaser for later. But the point is that ultimately C-suite are looking for a metric justification, a numbers justification for every expenditure every change in course, every new idea. And if the business case is not being made, then it's unlikely that those changes are going to happen. And more importantly, if we can't understand how 
the human relates to business outcomes within the business, then we have a fundamental problem. And I think this is something that is a struggle for a lot of businesses, but especially for, for CX and, and call center environments, right? So I, I, I was thinking a lot about um, the dynamic that occurs when you implement a new technology and you know a, a technology that maybe has a completely different use. It's a completely different tactic, perhaps than what the organization has used previously. And there's this huge learning curve that has to be, you know, integrated through the training and through all of the QA and every aspect of the CX organization has to be up to speed. And if you want to talk about our first two points of the agent-centric philosophy, you just nailed them. The first being that agents that are, you know, doing well are going to be a revenue protection and revenue growth opportunity for the business. They're going to take customers who are interested in taking their revenue away because they're dissatisfied. And they're going to keep that revenue in the business going forward because of the resolution that they were able to provide to the customer and the empathetic and human to human interaction that occurs with that agent and customer. Right. And then there's that whole upsell or revenue growth opportunity, you know, and, and upselling could have kind of a bad connotation, but ultimately, if if I'm a, a customer agent and I'm dealing with a customer who has a need that we've identified on the call that matches with an additional service that we provide as a company, they're already a customer of our company, right? So how can we add more value to this customer with the account that they already have with us is a very valid and legitimate question that you know, ultimately everyone in business should be looking for more opportunities to provide value to the customer, right? Some of those things are going to have additional revenue attached to them. And ultimately, if I'm a customer and I'm talking with a customer service agent with a brand I'm already do business with, and they identify, or I ask a question and there's an additional need that is identified in the conversation and that brand has a solution to that need, if the pricing is is reasonable, I'm more likely to go with that customer. I mean, go with that that company that I'm already doing business with, if I'm pleased with the way the interaction and the relationship are going, then to go out and find a completely new solution. So, you know, a, a properly trained and equipped and connected call center agent protects and grows revenue all day long. And then the second one is that they're really good diagnostic tools. So you're hopefully as a, as a company seeing that proximity to the customer as an opportunity to learn the perspective that the customer has in their relationship with the brand. And then you build out a way to provide that feedback that can be actually turned into action within the company. And by the way, all of this makes the agent feel wonderful because they've improved the customer's experience in life and they're able to provide tangible, actionable feedback to the company that they work for. And if they, if the agent sees the company actually acting on feedback that has been provided from the customer, boy, does that make you feel like you're actually doing meaningful work, right? And I think that's something that uh, technology can certainly facilitate for sure. So let's talk real quick about this idea of an agent being safe, successful, and satisfied in their work. And, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, with my little pencil example, that tools can have negative side effects that are not intended. Uh, what are some of the ways that the wrong technology or poorly implemented technology can work against the safe and successful and satisfied agent? 
Well, I think you have to start with with some of the metrics we hold agents to. <laughs> and uh, are we setting reasonable expectations for them given the technology? You know, uh, an agent might be okay having to write notes in five different places if you give them the time. Uh, or they might be okay, you know, clicking 20 different places to solve a problem if you give them the time. But, but uh, uh, those time metrics are the things that it's low hanging fruit for managers to be like, if I can, uh, if I can uh, decrease your your average wrap time from two minutes to one minute, um, that's that means you're going to get to X many more calls in a day, and and that that's X many less people that I need to hire. Uh, so I think I think we have to, and the easy thing to do and not the right thing to do is to pin it all on the agent and tell them you need to get more efficient. You need to do all these things that I'm asking you to do in less time rather than actually doing the work of sitting next to them and saying, all right, how can we reduce, you know, I would like to reduce it from 20 clicks to one, but 20 clicks to 10 clicks is a win and 10 to five is a win. And you got to celebrate the those wins for sure. Um, and and I think a lot too. Like uh, this kind of gets over into like I I, I don't want to drop a buzzword, but but an omni-channel strategy. I I'm going to come up with my own term for it at some point. But because I I don't know if I aspire to be omni-channel, but I aspire to continuously improve. Um, and what I mean by that is. Uh, as we add channels, I, my team doesn't do a lot of phone support right now, but we do email, we do social media, we do a little bit of chat. Uh, and there's nothing more aggravating both for the customer and for the agent when they have to rehash something that the customer already contacted us about. And you don't realize until after the fact that uh, that we had two tickets going on simultaneously for the same customer because maybe they wrote in from a separate email address or they, you know, they have a conversation going on Facebook and they have another conversation going on via email. So it's about trying to bring that together. So it's one continuous conversation with the customer. Um, obviously the, you know, the customer will be happy too if the, the agent has the ability to find answers quickly. Uh, you know, when we go back to self-service, you also have to talk about, improving agent self-service, the ability for them to find answers, find, uh, you know, standard operating procedures that they can, uh, they can quickly recall how to support the customer, how to solve this particular issue. And the more they're empowered to do that, and the more the tools are better integrated, uh, so it's a more seamless conversation with the customer, I think the better it'll be. But, uh, but yeah, you can have a kind of going back to where I started, you can have a more disjointed experience, but as leaders, we have to man or woman up and uh, and uh, set reasonable expectations. And you know, like you said earlier, Rob, I think as agents give feedback, validate that feedback, and as you slowly improve things, thank them for their feedback. Make sure they know that their feedback was a catalyst for change in your contact center and catalyst for improvement. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I, and I would on, I would only add that assuming that just because you spent more money on technology means your agents will improve their performance according to the metrics that you're looking at as a leader is a very dangerous assumption. 
And ultimately, mm -hmm. if you just pass the pressure of improving efficiencies onto your agents without understanding how their entire work setup impacts those efficiency metrics and them as humans, you're really doing yourself, your business, and certainly your employees a major disservice. And uh, it's it sounds obviously right when you say it out loud, but I would just ask generally, how many CX tech decision makers really understand what's going on in the life and work of every agent on an individual call and really understands how the tech integrates or doesn't to create you know, the kind of environment where they can be humans on the line with another human and, and make that connection, right? So I, I think that that's a really good set of answers. And I appreciate you kind of leading us through some of your thoughts. I, I want to end us on something that I think is really, really important for us to think about. And that is, what can we take away from some of the things we've talked about today, no matter what part of the organization you're in? So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that there will be a desire from anyone who views this content to figure out how to put it into action. But we're also hoping that folks from the C-suite, the VP level, director, manager, and even down to the agent level will reference this content. And so we've been talking a lot about principles and sort of framework level things, 30,000 foot level ideas, right? And so I think it's good to try to give some kind of applicable takeaway, some action sort of action for folks at different levels. Jeremy, I wonder if you could maybe just throw out a few things for folks. Well, I, you know, I talked about interaction with, with my boss's boss. And so my challenge for the C-suite, I've kind of combined the C-suite and VP, but uh, my challenge, you know, they may be hammering home the message of what's the ROI, what's the ROI, what's the ROI. And and the poor agent, the poor manager may need a little help. <laughs> so, so don't beat that into them. I think we've talked about it a bit, like sit down next to the agent, partner with them, understand, get an understanding of how they're using the tools and the technology and where the gaps are, and then maybe help even build that business case for something new. So that was, that was one. Um, Good one. I do think I'm not going to take all the uh, pressure off of the like director manager level. They absolutely need to learn how to advocate for their team uh, and not, they're not just there to appease executives. They're there as an intermediary between the two. And along with that managers, this is like an ongoing lesson that I've had to learn. I told you I get stuck in the weeds because I, I love working in the contact center and solving problems, but you have to step back and look at the big picture. What's going on in the CX? How can we be improving the CX? And increasingly, as customer experience becomes uh, more more ingrained in how C, the C-suite is talking, I think uh, if you can find meaningful trends and ways to improve those trends, uh, I think people are going to really listen to that. Um, but if you're just constantly like, uh, hairs on fire, um, we don't have enough people. We constantly need to hire more people uh, and not talking about let's let's focus on fixing these things and, and being working smarter. That's the way to be if you're a, a director or manager. And then agents, speak up for yourself. 
And I think most importantly, I wrote an article about this recently, act like an owner. Don't just take one interaction after the other and clock out and go home. I, I think you alluded to this earlier, Rob, but, but take the time to look for trends. Take the time to do diagnostic work. Um, take the time to learn from the other people you're interacting with. Uh, if you can spot early on uh, something that's going on with the customer or with the customer experience, sometimes you can prevent a lot of heartache downstream. And I think if the C-suite and directors could be confident that the agents were thinking in those terms, I think it's huge. No, I agree completely. And, and I would say with technology or really any aspect of business, any leader that receives valuable insight from the employee that might be working underneath them in the org chart, but is every bit as much a human, just like that leader is, and has the ability to use their cognitive abilities to put together data, to make a proposal, to pose a question, to really suggest ways of improving the business. Any leader who receives that kind of feedback and interaction from an employee ought to be very, very grateful. And so, you know, leaders should cultivate an environment where that is welcome and encouraged. And employees should try to participate in that type of thinking and exercise to say, hey, I'm on these calls all day. This is happening. And then this is happening. I wonder if we tried X, Y, and Z, if we would have more efficiency, if I would be less stressed on a phone call or whatever the case may be. Right. And we talked a little bit last week with Sherry about psychological safety and inclusion and the other parts of safety that really come into play with, with call centers. But ultimately, you know, if you're an agent, you you might feel like you're the lowest person on the totem pole. You might feel like you're just there to clock in, survive and clock out. But ultimately, whether the leaders above you realize it or not, you have an awful lot of valuable insight to add to the organization. So even if those leaders in your organization don't take to heart what you've shared, it's going to help you to grow professionally, to take notes, to suggest ideas, even if it's not listened to. But hey, leaders, listen. Right. Ultimately, this is solid gold. This is the difference between just doing what we're always doing and then asking some expert who's not actually in your call center what should happen in your call center versus understanding from the, the ones that are actually talking to your customers, dealing with the tech stack you've given them, living on the training, in the culture, part of your team to give you insights you can't get like that from any other source. So I think that that's a, an excellent way to end our time here today. And honestly, Jeremy, we're thankful for you coming and investing some time into this conversation and hopefully we'll do it many more times. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Rob. All right, guys. Hope everyone has a great Tuesday. See ya. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.